what's up everybody uh my name's travis uh my friends call me sleep i'm here with my buddy here the grizz keith gable and uh we're excited to bring you guys the thrash talk podcast keith tell them about it dude thrash talk how sick is that uh funny play on words obviously but uh when you've got over three million podcasts out there it's kind of hard to find a name that everybody can work with that works with what you guys are after it seemed pretty impossible didn't it um but uh, yeah it's it's cool we uh have been given the opportunity by shredding sassy to start a podcast and the awesome thing about this is not only are you going to get to know sleep and myself quite a bit more throughout however long we do this but uh you're gonna get you're gonna get to know a lot of rad thrashers within the extreme sports industry these are going to be people that are legends that have literally changed the game as we know it or as we once knew it uh these are going to be up and coming thrashers people that are in the mix right now doing their thing competing doing video parts doing everything that they do in the industry and you're even going to learn about some people and meet some people that you wish you knew about earlier thrashers that are in the process of changing the game so I'm super stoked. It's cool. Uh, we're going to be all over with with different people from different industries. You know, we've, we've got skaters, snowboarders, skiers, mountain bikers, surfers. I think we might even get some skydivers in here at some that point. Would be sick. That would be cool. Dude, you know, um, I'm really excited, Keith, about the the variety of of guests that, that we're planning to bring in. I'm, I'm interested in learning from different brands. I hope we can bring in some brands to kind of learn about what they're doing in the action sports realm as well. It's, it's big times right now in the action sports industry. And, and we're hoping that we can capture it here on thrash talk. And dude, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to be here with you. And I know it, it's funny. You talked about coming up with a name. It was probably the hardest, part of this whole journey like you know getting the setup getting the mics getting the headphones you know planning out finding guests which we have a bunch of guests already lined up ready to go that we're going to be filming over the next few months so excited about that but picking out the name was probably the most stressful part crazy yeah i mean <laughs> i'm not even gonna lie i lost sleep over it the simple <laughs> fact that we would come up with something that was like oh that's sick and then someone would would search it and it's like it's taken they haven't shot in two years, but it's taken. You're like, is there any way we can snipe it? Like that was, it was tough. That was, that was one of the hardest things. And to do it in such a short period of time. I mean, it's probably been what, three, four weeks since this idea was kind of thrown out there. And here we are recording our first podcast with a name. <laughs> um, I think, I think that was definitely the most stressful part. I, I can't wait to dive in deep with, with these industry legends, with these up and comers you know, ask them questions that are not those canned questions that everybody already asked them. You know, we're going to get to dive into, say, their mindset, what gets them stoked, just everyday stuff, their, their life outside of the industry, and what helps them stay on top or help them rise to the top? What got them in the mix of I'm not going to do this the traditional way. I'm going to go against the grain, whether anybody likes it or not, and how that actually played into their success, how that literally turned them into the legend they are today. It's going to be really interesting to find out if there are commonalities amongst athletes in similar sports or amongst athletes across broad sports, right? Um, you know, mindset commonalities, maybe uh, effort commonalities. It'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of what we can put together based on our, my unprofessional opinion, very unprofessional opinion. I would say I can kind of be professional, but I do not have the industry experience that you have, not even close. Uh, but I'm really excited to uh, to be a part of it and uh, and see where this thing goes. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. It, it's going to be interesting. I bet there's going to be a lot of those common grounds that a lot of these people actually have. And whether they've talked to each other in the past or not, you know, some some industries do cross over a bit and others will never cross paths. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually have similar mindsets and whatnot and, and um, how that all shakes out. You know, it's something that I think is really cool too. you know. We're given the opportunity by shredding sassy, uh, first and foremost. And I think 
it's really important to give them the credit that they that's due there because at the end of the day without them we wouldn't have this opportunity you know and i'd love to hear a little bit from you just kind of how you got involved with them and 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 see how our commonality how our paths cross there yeah, for sure. So, uh, so we'll kind of start off with what Shredding Sassy is, and and again, Shredding Sassy brought Keith and I together and, and allowed us to do this this show. Uh, such a great team behind us on the Sassy team. We have a, a killer editor, Seth. Um, we have our director of Shed, Matt Sickles. A lot of people know Matt Trickle, Sickles from from Ride Team Ride back in the day, um, and then and then the four founders of Shredding Sassy, uh, which are Jake, Josh. Ollie and Rab. So stoked they gave us this opportunity. And what Sassy is, is it's a brand we launched earlier this year with a mission to connect people from around the world to share the stoke of action sports together. That love for getting out there, getting on the waves, uh, getting on the mountain, you know, waking up early. I'm doing it now. I'm getting to the skate park at 7 a.m. I want to beat the crowds and, and we want to find people like that to share that stoke together, uh, to do it online, in person everywhere since we've started the brand we have had three meetups across the world uh it's really exciting our first one was a snowboard meetup at shred fest uh keith you made it to that one that was in lake tahoe i think we had 50 people out there was, was there more there might have been more i might have been off how many yeah, there's a ton we... of people there oh, i don't know man. exactly because there was a yeah. ton of people that came out for the rail jam just specifically to throw down that day Love and then it. there is a ton of sassies as well that came out so it was a great turnout though live dj you know massive amounts of prizes we handed out all kinds of stuff um and and people threw down hard and i'll be honest if i may just jump in here real quick take it man that that event is what kind of sold the whole project for me. It was my first chance to really dive face first into the whole thing and meet a bunch of people that are already in the community as well as just see what everything was about. And I came out of there just flying so high. I was like, dude, I'm in. I had a conversation with Ollie and I was like, bro, I see it. Let's go. I'm in. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Um, so other than the, um, the event in Tahoe at Shredfest, we've had uh, an event in Lisbon, Portugal, a surf event where a group of the community got together, uh, stayed in a villa, had some surf lessons. You were also at that one, man. You're all over the sassy events. And then our final one was a skate event at um, in Lugano, Switzerland in the first week of September. So, so that's our thing. Our whole ethos revolves around you know, celebrating that action sports commuting community. We want to support up and coming athletes uh, via sponsorship, promotion, things like this on the podcast. And we want to look after our, our, our playgrounds of source. We want to look after the skate parks, the beaches, the mountains, uh, keeping everything clean and cared for uh, so that so that these these resources are available uh, to our kids for years and years to come. Our goal is to shape the future of action sports together. Um, I see Shredding Sassy uh, as more of a movement uh, than a brand, and and it's something that, as a community, we are we are building right community over corporation. How can we do this all as one? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think you could have hit the nail on the head better. Uh, I mean, Shred it for example. How cool is that? Literally a platform for for shredders, thrashers, athletes to upload content get it voted in and get paid for it at the end of the week. I mean, super cool. I mean, most people are already uploading this stuff to other platforms for free and they're not getting paid for it. And it's just another way to give the power back to the athletes without taking massive advantage of them. Uh, you know, the industry as a whole has definitely put the athletes on the back burner in my opinion um not not naming names as far as companies but there's a lot of them out there that really just want to get what they want out of the athlete and once the athlete yeah. is done they just throw them to the side you know uh i i had a chance to live at the olympic training center with nick gepper who's you know two or three time olympic medalist and super pipe i mean the guy's won x games he's he's done all this stuff and i've been following his uh social media page pretty closely lately because he it sounds like he's gonna make a comeback he announced his retirement about a year ago or so and out of nowhere like literally every sponsor just dropped him for the simple fact that he said i think i'm done competing you know and he said that publicly and literally everyone just dropped him and his page is hilarious because right now he's just exposing the industry and it's, 
it's pretty, you know, insightful, but also, uh, kind of funny to hear such a high level athlete talk about an industry that's truly kind of ravaged the athletes in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's definitely tough to hear. And I think that shredding sassy is, is a brand that is, is looking to go beyond that, right? We're looking to find ways to motivate athletes to ensure that their, their views are seen, their, their needs are cared for, uh, really excited about, about that connection. And as we move through these shows, uh, we'll continue to bring that shredding sassy connection in with, with the athletes we have on and, uh, and, and we'll look to maybe even have members of the sassy community, uh, pop in, ask questions and, and learn and grow together. Right. We want to, we want to put those athletes, um, make them available to, to the community. Uh, we are all one and, and, uh, you know, with, with that growth mindset. So, uh, I, I did want to go into quickly, Keith, if you don't mind, I wanted to go into what the benefits are real quick of holding, uh, of being a shredding sassy social club member. Um, yeah, please do. Please do. Yeah, I think it's really important. It, it absolutely is. So, so kind of what, what kicked it off was, uh, joining the social club to get connections through our brand partnerships. So right now shredding sassy has over 30 brand partners offering discounts to members in the club. Maybe a discount is, is 10% off of, of something like plank skis or 25% off from shred optics. Maybe it's 10% off CBD days, um, CBD oil, uh, 33% off wrecked eddies, THC gummies. You know, there, there are a lot of different things that, uh, that, that shredding sassy has, uh, has discounts on. So, um, definitely a huge, membership benefit for, for being in Sassy. I've heard several times already of, uh, of somebody gaining their membership, purchasing a, a product using the discount from the shredding Sassy membership and essentially making their money back from those membership dues. So, uh, it, it's just a, a huge benefit. Yeah. I mean, over 30 brands, it, it's, starting to shape up like there's going to be if there's not already something for everyone regardless of what your thing is there's going to be something out there that will benefit you just by just by being a part of of the community being you know uh, uh, a member of the community so that's it's rad and it's only going to grow it's only growing so stoked. absolutely 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 another thing we offer is um you know like a digital coaching so shredding sassy right now as coaches uh you know, at the the hands of the community available to community members. And these coaches are in mountain biking, skiing, snowboarding, skateboarding, surfing, and strength and conditioning. Uh, the, the, the coaches aren't, aren't, aren't slouches either. It's not, you know, the, the guy from, from, from the local mountain, these coaches are of the highest level. Um, our strength and conditioning coach is one of the strength and conditioning coaches for, for Red Bull athletes in Austria. Um, our surf coach is a surf coach from team great Britain. Um, it just, the, uh, the amount of knowledge that we have within the shredding sassy team and ecosystem with our coaches is, is of the highest level. Yeah. And, and to that point, I mean, we've got a skate coach, Dom tossings, you know, Dom is legit. I've, I've seen him skate in person and he throws down hard. I know you've anybody who's a part of the community has seen him in the shreddits as well. And he's super knowledgeable. I think one of the important things to remember about someone who coaches is they're capable of teaching someone something in a way that most other people couldn't. Like if I'm trying to teach you how to kickflip, I could think about the mechanics of it and try to put it in words that you're going to understand. But coming from, you know, someone who a former pro skater, that's going to be so much easier. You know, he already, I know he taught you how to kickflip in, in a few days. And, and, uh, you know, that, I think that's, it's so, uh, detrimental to the success of the project, but also the person who's trying to learn something new about whatever, whatever industry they're in, whether it's skating or snowboarding or whatever, um, having those coaches that are legit and able to coach in a way that everybody can understand, not just one or two people. You don't have to be a high performance athlete to learn stuff from these guys. Literally 
they're teaching people who have never even touched a skateboard or haven't touched exactly. a skateboard in the last 15 years how to it, how to do something cool. Keith, and the, and the best part is they're teaching in a in a media that is not face to face. Dom is in Montreal. I'm in Texas, and I, I skated as a kid, so I, I used to know how to kickflip, but I hadn't skated in 20 years. And Dom has been on me like white on rice at times and ensuring that I am like keeping it up. I, I made uh, a promise to myself that, hey, I'm going to skate 30 minutes a day, flat ground out front of my house. And uh, and it was sore. It sucked. It, it was difficult. But again, within a couple of weeks, I was kickflipping again. I was able to I'm actually having trouble with ollies again, like clearly I can ollie, but I you know, the height of my allies is beginning worse and worse. And he actually told me to take a break the other day. So I was like, Phew. all right, coach is getting, giving me a, giving me a day off, but uh, just having the ability to reach out to somebody like that and, and having that connection with them. These guys are posting videos for us to review. They're answering questions. They're doing all kinds of things. So, so if this is something you're interested in, the shredding sassy social club is for you. If you're interested in, in discounts to uh, streetwear brands, uh, action sports brands, supplement brands, you know, all of these things, we have those, uh, we have the, the pro level coaches, the high level coaches. And, and you know what else we have? We have connections to our, our shredding sassy pro ambassadors. And I think that we really have you and Ollie Hill to thank for, for a lot of those collect, uh, connections. Yeah. I mean, how many do we have now? Something like 25. Um, the cool thing is, is people are going to be, more, how do I put this? People have the opportunity to, to kind of get in touch with those, those athletes, thrashers, you know, shredders, whatever we want to call them, uh, that they might not have ever had that opportunity. Sure. You can DM someone on, on Instagram or, or X or whatever. Will they respond 50, 50? I know a lot of stuff that comes in on my Instagram page goes to like this other inbox that I don't even know, didn't even know existed up until like a <laughs> year or two ago. So, uh, you know, this gives you kind of direct access to a lot of these people that you would have never had otherwise. And, you know, Ollie, I mean, talk about the gift of gab. I mean, he's, he's, he's a hell of a salesman at the end of the day. And not to say that he had to really sell this idea, but he is so good at having conversations with people also and just letting them know like, Hey, you know, this is, this is a, a passion project. This is all love. You know, at the end of the day, we're just trying to do something different and something cool, be a part of it or don't, but we'd love to have you. Uh, and, and, you know, that was essentially the pitch to me. Um, he said, I, I want you to be one of the first people in. And if you're down, let's go. If not, I totally understand. And when he had kind of had that conversation with me, I was like, dude, I, I don't know the first thing about this stuff. So, yeah. you know, I love you. I, I'll support you, you know, however I can. I'm in. Just know that, like, it'll be dipping my toes at first. And, once he kind of brought Whatever. me full circle and let me, yeah, you didn't man, dip I, your toes, man. You were whoosh, right in head first, man. I loved it. Maybe it took a little while to come in head first, but, but once you were in, you were in, man, it was the best. Yeah. I mean, well, that was the thing was he was out here to snowboard at the end of the season. We had talked a few times, uh, years prior about him coming out to visit and it was quite the process to get him over to the States to just hang out and snowboard. No, no agenda other than we're just going to go ride. And I got the chance to show him around some of my local mountains. And, uh, when he was on his way over just before he left, he's like, dude, Sassy's doing this thing. It's called shred fest. It's in Tahoe. I want you to go. And I was like, bro, I've been on the road for months. I've just got home. Like we're going to be going to, to Holy Bully in a couple of weeks. I don't think I can take the time from the fam. And, uh, He's like, well, just think about it. Talk to the wife, of course, and and got got the go ahead. She, you know, she knew that I was going to start working with the project a bit, and you know, uh, nothing but love for Ollie, also. And so she was like, you know what, go. If it's for Sassy, you should go. Just go see what it's about, figure it out, you know, and at least you'll know if you're in or not. And uh, so I told him, I called him back and said, all right, I'm in. Let's go. So we got the tickets and we went out there. Well, actually, he came out here and. You know, there was a lot of loose ends that had to be tied up before we could head out to Tahoe. And uh, so there was a lot of late nights of just ordering things and figuring it out. And we had to order multiples of things, hoping that 
something would arrive in time with the idea that maybe it won't. Uh, and I saw how hard he was working and, and I actually got to see his passion behind it firsthand. And I was like, all right, he's serious about this, you know, like let's, let's see what this is all about. And so I went out and yeah, dude, sure shit. I, I couldn't That's help but awesome. dive in face first after that. I mean, it's just, it's such a cool community and to see the love and see the stoke behind it firsthand really is what sold me on it. And it's a grassroots project. I love that kind of stuff. You know, I don't give my time to things that I'm not passionate about that. I don't have love for. I don't, I just don't have time to do that. I don't have time to beat around the bush. (laughs) Heck yeah. Like me or hate me for it. It is who I am. You know, we don't have time. (laughs) I love it. I think one of this, uh, this behind me, this sassy, uh, the sassy face right here is one of those like last minute items. I think you guys were ordering to get to, to shred fest. Uh, it made it down here. So that mask, uh, went from shred fest up to Mount hood, summited Mount hood with, um, our friend Mayel, Mayel. And, uh, and now it's back behind me in my, uh, my makeshift podcast studio. So, uh, that's, that's really sick, man. I'm glad I got a piece of shred fest because I didn't get to be there. Um, but back to the pros, man, talking about some of these names, it, it, it's so cool. So, uh, obviously our, our, our big name that we just brought on as a pro ambassador, he's been doing some great things for us. We did, um, a donation to his, uh, skate, skate Quita foundation, uh, Bob Burnquist, uh, really excited. Hope we can get him on the show one day, but you know, others, we, we got JJ Thomas, Bob Klein, uh, who else have we got? We got, give me some people. I know we got James Barnes Miller. I mean, absolute oh, legend in, in the yeah. Paris snowboard side of things. You know, I've known JBM since the start of his career and he and I were chatting a little while back. Uh, he was out here for X games years ago and he had broken his leg the doctors told him it was just a sprain or something when he went home come to find out it was actually broken uh but he couldn't compete and so he was staying just down the street from me and i knew he was down and out and i had a day off from like training over at x and i was like dude i know your team is out free riding just come on let's go and i took him in my car and we went and found an empty parking lot and just like whipped donuts for like 25 30 minutes and just like went and drove crazy and i i helped him get his adrenaline up because i knew like he was just down and out that he wasn't going to be able to compete but he's an absolute legend i mean he's someone who really transformed the sport for para snowboarding you know we got noah elliott who again absolute legend in the para snowboarding world you know i know is an above knee one of my us teammates he's so cool man i I love the kid i've known him since he was pretty much starting snowboarding uh learning to snowboard and he came from a skate background and was on his way to make uh like a pro tour and he was having some crazy pains in his leg and come to find out he had cancer and ended up losing his leg above the knee noah has literally defied the odds in what we do and has reshaped what his category is capable of he he puts down times and runs that until he came along, we just thought it was impossible for someone with, with an above the knee amputee. So, or amputation. So, um, he's another one, you know, boy. Yeah, we've man. Got a big it, list. We've got we a big do, list. We do. Uh, you know, Pat A, Ollie Galay, uh, j- just a big list. And, and I'm excited. Hopefully, we can get a bunch of them on here to speak with us. We've had them in spaces on X. Sometimes uh, I get a little nervous speaking because these guys are uh, at such a high level. And it's really cool. It's, 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 I had posters on my wall uh, of some of these guys as a kid. So just being able to uh, be here and have this opportunity to chat with them, to learn with, from them and uh, to be a part of this bigger thing and shredding sassy, I'm just stoked to be a part of it, but Hey, you kind of went into all of these other things. You touched a little bit on who you are, but dive a little deeper. Let's, let's tell everybody who you are, what your background is and, and what you do. Yeah. Um, I mean, where to start, right? Like I've had a great career in snowboarding. I'm not going to lie. It's been, it's been amazing. I, uh, I sent you, you a picture not too long ago of, of some of the medals and awards I've won over the years. And it's kind of funny. I look at them, uh, they're just getting unboxed. I've lived in my house for four years and they're just getting unboxed because we need the space now in, in other areas. And <laughs> putting them up. It's, it's never been something that I've really done is displayed my, my awards medals, you know, that kind of thing, but looking at it, how it all just 
almost everything fits on one table. I was like, wow, like that's 13 years of, of accomplishments that fits on a single table. It's, it's strange to me, you know, trophies and everything. So, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I was really lucky to get discovered. I was, it was kind of a story of being in the right place at the right time and getting discovered at the very beginning of Paris snowboarding. At the time, it was called adaptive snowboarding, and I got to go compete at the first ever sanctioned World Cup, which was held in Osiers, France, in like 2010, something like that. And uh, just some random dude that showed up on a LibTech skate banana with a mohawk and baggy clothes. I'd never raced border cross in my life, and I ended up getting on the podium, and I fell in love with it immediately. I saw this cool ragtag group of of people. I want to say there was like 17 or 18 of us from around the world that were trying to, you know, start this sport essentially. And I fell in love with it immediately. I was like, wow, there's other people out here doing what I love to do in a competitive fashion. Like, let's go, we got to build this. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been extremely lucky to have a good career. I've, I've had a chance to win some medals in my day. Go. I've been to three Paralympics, been to X games a couple of times and a couple do tours and yeah man i just i just love snowboarding and it's kind of funny like my career you know i'm not getting any younger there's all this gray in there and uh you know i'm considered one of the old boys on the circuit one of the last myself and evan are the last original athletes from the very beginning from that first 17 that were at that first competition that are still competing today and uh you know I can't do it forever. Not going sure. to, I don't want to. Sure. So the last, last couple of years, I've really kind of struggled with that identity of, of being a pro snowboarder in the sense of, can I call myself that forever? I don't think so. Right. Like after the next games, that's it for me. I'm making one more, making one more run. That'll give me four Paralympics. And then after that, it's, it's on to doing bigger, better things, I guess. And last couple of years, I've actually kind of struggled with, the thought of who am I, you know, it's funny. Like you get these, these questions from interviewers and stuff and it's like, tell the people who you are. And I'm like, honestly, like at the end of the day, yeah, I guess I'm identified as, as a pro snowboarder, but I've never truly looked at myself like that. And I wonder if these, these legends and other pro athletes, shredders, you know, thrashers, I wonder if they're going to identify the same way or if they're going to be like, no, I mean, it's, it's truly my identity, but I, you know, I'd be surprised if everyone said that that's how they only identify. Uh, you know, first and foremost, I'm a father, I'm, I'm a husband, I'm a guy who, you know, tries not to take life too seriously, but can at times. Sure. Uh, re recently become a hunter. Uh, there you in, go. In the midst of my first hunt, I actually came down off the mountain to chat with you. Um, I love the bibs. Could, I love the bibs. Stay in yeah, warm. Stay in warm. Man, it was cold. I'm going to tell you right now, it was nine degrees when I showed up this morning. Oh my gosh. And I got frostbite on my hands a couple years ago. And so when they get cold, it's like instant, just massive pain. And I was like, man, I really hope I don't need to take a shot anytime soon because I don't think I could pull the trigger. Like yeah, at the end of the without. day, like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm a lover of life. I'm an extreme sports enthusiast as, as well as, uh, you know, I guess, you know, I've made it my profession. I'm an outdoors enthusiast. I love the world. I love nature. I respect nature a lot. Um, what no. else? Mental health advocate. I see yeah. that. I see how that stuff has really helped me in my journey, the, the outdoors and, and mother nature. And so, always trying to mend those two things and help encourage people to get outside and be one with nature and, and get up into the mountains and try something new, push your limits and, and see if it helps on your journey of, of things that are stressing you out outside of that. So, sure. um, I don't know, man, I'm just, that, I'm just a normal guy that's been given a couple good opportunities and jumped on them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I know that we're going to get a little deeper with you as, as we go through this, obviously, um, we'll probably have maybe our own show where maybe I bring somebody else on to, to kind of interview you like we are going to interview other athletes on this show. So I'm stoked for it. I consider you a pro. I'll always consider you a pro and I'll always consider all of these guys that have competed at the highest level, a professional snowboarder. Right. Um, but I agree that you're not going to define yourself by one thing. You shouldn't define yourself by one thing. And, uh, 
And, and I mean, I would say that's probably most important. So the fact that you identify yourself as a father, um, you know, a lover of the outdoors, a hunter, uh, I mean, that's, that's where it's at. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, I know you and I kind of see eye to eye on that as well. You're a family man as well. And, you know, I want to hear more about you as well. It's not <laughs> it's not all about me or any one person. I want to hear, you know, the no sleep story. I want to hear yeah. your background a bit. Yeah, that's funny. You just said no sleep. And, and you know, I introduce myself as sleep. I introduce myself as Travis. I, I have many names. Uh, no, My nickname kind of started off as no sleep because man, I am always hustling, always grinding, always, you know, trying to find a way that I can provide value in, in, in my job, in my family, with my friends. You know, I just, I want to make everything better for everybody. And, and it's a, it's a, it's a curse at times too, because I try to be a fixer and it's trouble. Anyway, I, I got the nickname, no sleep, uh, ended up, you know, kind of evolving into sleep. So some people call me no sleep. Some people call me sleep. You'll probably call me Travis throughout this show. Um, but, but that's kind of how that all came about. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a small town boy from Northwestern Pennsylvania, uh, action sports enthusiast. I grew up skating and snowboarding with my buddies and it, I mean, it was the greatest time of our life. Uh, we had a town with tons of little Hills all over it and we built jumps all over town. I want to say, I don't think I started to like fifth grade and my buddy, had a couple snowboards. I didn't have one. He had two. And it wasn't like I learned to go down the bunny hill or learn to carve or anything like that. It was like in my town, set yourself up in front of this jump with a gap on it and land on this flat bottom. All right, ready, you know, 10 feet of air right onto the ground. And, and, you know, I ended up actually learning how to carve and, and move on a snowboard because of the setup and the run up to the jumps you know, we're bobbing through the woods to get down to the jump to hit it. And, and that's how I learned. And then, uh, you know, after, you know, one season of that, we ended up getting passes up to the mountain. Um, so I snowboarded my whole life, skateboarded until 16, 17, uh, from like 12, 11, 12 to 16, 17, but always just had mad love for, for skating, snowboarding, all action sports. I remember the first time I saw the X games and it was around the Bob Burnquist, Tony Hawk era, you know, of, of the 900 of, of, you know, Bob, Bucky Lassick, uh, those guys shredding it, just my love for it. Yes. Tony Hawk pro skater, 1080 on yeah. Nintendo 64. Uh, m my love for it. it was just the craziest thing I'd ever seen. And, you know, I went, I went hard after that. Something well, I don't, to... yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Something I never told you. I don't, I don't think I've ever told you. Maybe I have. I, so I, I joined the military at, at a young age, you know, right coming out of high school and my best friend snowboarder with me, uh, skateboarder with me, he was joining as well. And we were supposed to fly out for the military on the exact same day. We were, we would have for sure been in the same, um, same flight. I was in the air force. We'd have been in the same flight. We'd have been like, we, we could have been in the same room, which is really un uncommon for, uh, for, for that, like, you know, going with your buddy and being in the, the same, uh, unit, same squadron. Uh, so it didn't end up happening. He called me probably like two or three days before we were about to leave. And he's like, dude, I'm moving out to big sky. I'm going to try to become a professional snowboarder. And I was like, what, what are you talking about, man? We were, we were going to the military together, but man, I, I supported him that whole time. You know, it didn't work out for him. Uh, however, dude, he, he, he shot his shot and I'm, I'm stoked that he did. And you know what? Maybe I'm, I'm a little jealous. Maybe I'm a little jealous that I didn't. Uh, but it led me to where I'm at today, man. I'm talking with you. Um, I'm getting to talk to guys like Bob, like JJ, uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's good. We're, we're super stoked. How um, long did you serve for? Yeah. Good question. Um, about six years. So just under six years. And in my time, I spent the majority of my time in Northern California and, uh, and have a, a, a deep connection with Lake Tahoe. Being the, yeah. Being in the military up there was really cool, especially when I was there in the early mid to early 2000s, if you were an active duty military member, several of the resorts at Tahoe would give you free lift tickets. You would just show up, show your badge, and uh, and they'd give you free tickets. So Squaw Valley, now Palisades, it was like every day. You could snowboard for free every single day if you wanted. And then other Dude, mountains, I believe. How sick is Squaw or Palisades? How sick is that place? 
it, it's it's absolutely insane man the runs are are great the parks are great it it one of my it, not my favorite i'm gonna tell you my favorite tahoe base mountain here after this uh easily my second favorite i don't know so alpine meadows and palisades mm-hmm. i believe are connected i believe they're under the same ownership group so i, I do like alpine meadows as well but my favorite is north star uh north stars tree runs and park is is just to die for dude their well, tree we... runs are like perfect <sighs> they literally are like perfectly spaced and they're monstrous trees too crazy it's crazy how cool riding the trees at north star is yeah like, and... I, I, I cannot second that enough like that is is one of the coolest places to ride trees in in north america anyway so when i was out there in the military what we would do is we would get like 10 of us rent a little cabin for like a little studio cabin for a hundred to 200 bucks a night. And we'd all pack in there. We pay 20 bucks each and we just all crash on the floor on Saturdays. It would be, we'd work all week on Saturdays. Uh, we'd hit squaw on Sundays. We'd hit North star and we would just, you know, have a good time party and, and then head back. We got caught up there a lot of times where we couldn't make it back to the base and we had to like stay in Reno due to snowstorms. You know, we're driving crappy two wheel front wheel drive cars with chains on them. Like it was a mess, man. But it was a it was a great part of my life and and really like cemented my love for action sports because growing up on the East Coast, I didn't have access to these major mountains like the Sierras, like the Rockies. You know, I was I was riding hills in New York made it up to Killington a couple times, uh, I believe three times in my childhood, but just getting out to California with the military and having access to the Sierras. And it, it was just, uh, it, it was a life changer for me. Um, but after that, you know, I got out, uh, ended up, uh, bouncing all around, uh, with the family, I have a wife and two kids, kids are mini shredders, a 12 year old daughter who is a soccer player. She's a little all-star, and a five-year-old son who we're, we're working to find the right thing for him. He's starting to pick up the skateboard a little bit. So that has me excited. I'm like trying to let him do it on his own, not mess with him at all. But uh, it's a good thing, man. I know you have a, a what your son's four. He's a little ripper I've seen. Yeah, I got a four-year-old, man. And he he's definitely all about the extreme sports. You know, he loves watching soccer and that sort of stuff. So I think we're going to try to put him in some team sports as well. But he really, you know, he has this mindset of nothing is too big or too far or whatever. And he just goes for it. So I don't know if he gets it from me or his mom. You know, my wife, she was she grew up as a career gymnast, you know, homeschooled, trained eight hours a day, all this stuff and was very good. And so I guess he probably gets his balance from her. And a little bit of the nutty side from her. But, uh, you know, I kind of try to take a little credit for his willingness to to send it because, I mean, this kid, he's a little beast. I mean, never did training wheels, started him on, you know, the the Strider bike. And what a great balance bike, right? Yeah. You learn how to balance before you got a pedal. Like, I mean, too bad they didn't have that in the 80s. but, uh, you know, he he definitely sends it. He skis, he snowboards um, in generally chooses snowboarding over skiing when i'm like what do you want to take up today i always give him the option i don't choose for him um but uh yeah i mean it's cool man you know and i do want to get him into some team sports as well we got him back in jujitsu finally you know after a little few month hiatus he he got uh got reprimanded pretty hard one day in there and and you know, from my professor who, who absolutely loves him, but, uh, you know, he's like, maybe we should give him a little bit of a break. And so, sure. uh, we finally got him going again, which is awesome. And he did great in this last class. So hopefully, you know, we can get him back in there once or twice a week, but, uh, yeah, man, I think, I think trying some team sports as well, where he's got to learn to work, work with others. I know you grew up playing team sports. I did as well. Um, you know, but for whatever reason, ended up gravitating towards a, you know, I guess a, a solo sport, if you will. Um, what's what's your thoughts on like team sports versus, you know, extreme sports? Yeah, they're both valuable. As you said, I played hockey and soccer primarily growing up. I, you know, I dabbled in all sports, right? I would say growing up when we grew up, I think we're both relatively about the same age. It was, you know, you played you know, soccer in this season, you played basketball, wrestling in this season, you did baseball in this season, and and you kind of dabbled a little bit in everything. Uh, I I geared to hockey and soccer 
for me. And then, you know, as a kid, I didn't do any individual sports. Yeah. I snowboarded. Yeah. I skateboarded, but I didn't compete. Right. I didn't compete at a high level. So in retrospect, I started jujitsu as an adult and I've competed in, in jujitsu as well. I know that we're both aligned in that and I can't recommend that enough for kids to compete and participate compete is the key word there in both actions, action sports, in both team sports and individual sports. The growth that you get in individual sports from only relying on yourself is massive to growing as a, as a human, uh, you know, you can't, you, you're, you're, you're only, you're, your only one to blame. Like you can't, you can't blame anyone else. So highly recommend it. Right. I don't want you going down and getting beat down every day. No, that's not the case. I don't, I don't want to see that, but, but if given the right tools, individual sports are, are absolutely necessary and are, as our team sports, but, but growing up in team sports is something that I participated in my whole life. And I never, I didn't do individual to an adult and, uh, both my kids will be in individual sports as kids to, to kind of learn to, that, that they need to rely on themselves as well as a team in the future. Yeah. I mean, to your point, I think, I think both are super important. I grew up primarily playing team sports. I was lucky that my dad put me in skis, you know, the day he picked me up from the airport when I went to go live with him and, you know, energetic kid without much direction or real, I guess, goals in life other than, you know, like, I think every kid, you know, it's like, Oh, I want to, my mind was a little different. I was like, yeah, I want to make tons of money and have a big old house, but I want it on land. And, you know, I, I always thought like having my own dirt, dirt track for, for dirt biking oh, and all so that sick. kind of stuff would be rad, even though I'd never ridden a dirt bike, but, uh, you know, he put me in football that, that summer. So I played football. I played basketball. I was terrible at basketball. I mean, it's kind of like pool. Either I'm like dead on and I can hit a shot from anywhere or it's just air balls and bricks. <laughs> um, I'm raindrops. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, man, I'm not the greatest at basketball. Uh, but in high school, you know, I played football. I wrestled for a fall sport and then come spring, you know, I, I never got to really play baseball, at least not on any teams. So spring was like either you played soccer, you played baseball, I didn't grow up playing soccer either. Uh, I had the chance to try out for tennis and we were three yeah. a 3A school. So the tennis team wasn't huge. And so it's pretty much like come try out if, if you're quick and you can find a way to hit a ball with a racket, you probably make the team. And so I did that primarily just to keep my grades up. And that was my first shot at an individual sport other than wrestling and wrestling, you know, that's combat sport. So, uh, going into wrestling my freshman year, I hadn't wrestled ever a day of my life and tried out for the wrestling team and come to find out I was all right at it. So that was cool. But then tennis was this whole other world where like all the kids were like super preppy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, and I wasn't, I was like this weird kid that had moved to Utah from the hood, essentially, um, was, it was decent at football and sports and that sort of stuff. So, I kind of walked between multiple tribes and then ended up on this team with a bunch of, you know, preppy kids that grew up playing tennis. And I was actually really good, like not to toot my own horn, but I excelled very quickly. I understood, you know, how to put top spin and, and slices and, you know, a proper backhand and, you know. I made the varsity team my first year. Uh, we made, I, I ended up getting teamed up with another kid for second second team, um, their second doubles. Second doubles, then, yeah. Yeah, and then by the end of that season, I had made third singles for varsity. And then the next wow. year, I put a I put a whomping on a lot of people, ended up first singles, and was like, I'm As not playing sophomore? doubles anymore. So I started my sophomore year. Oh, you started. Uh, so, so your junior year, you made it up the junior, first singles. Holy cow. Yeah, and I actually, it's funny, I, I had a chance to go try out for the junior Olympic team and all of this because I was making crazy shots in tournaments, winning tournaments, um, had, had a nasty serve that nobody could, could mess with. And I could put it just about anywhere I wanted most of the time. So 
coming out of my junior year in high school, it was go try out for the junior Olympic team or go to football camp. And my junior year in (laughs) high school for football, I was one of five juniors that started varsity as well. So uh, that year it was a heavy senior team and I was one of one of five who, who ended up as a starter. We made it uh, to the semifinals and the playoffs, all of this. So I was like, I'm playing football. I'm going to be a football star. For, uh, yeah. We're in America. You know, that's, uh, that's kind of the, the mindset here, right? Growing up, <laughs> dude, I'm in Texas. That, that's the mindset here. I get it. What get a mistake. It. What a mistake. <laughs> I should have stuck with tennis because who knows, you know, and tennis, yeah. tennis players, even, even the ones that don't make a lot of money, they still make a hell they of make a, lot a lot more of money. than most, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, at that point too, you know, I grew, I grew up skiing. I started as, uh, as a skier at 12, switched over to snowboarding when I was about 15, uh, a buddy of mine, he was like, dude, do you snowboard? And I was like, we had become friends. We actually were like enemies in middle school. He was like the kind of the leader of this group of kids that my cousin was in and I had just switched to this school. So I was already kind of in because of my cousin, but sure. my buddy, Simon, he, he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and I was someone who didn't take shit from anyone. And I mean, we threw down multiple times and he was much bigger than me. I mean, my freshman year, I wrestled like one Oh three or something, whatever that weight class yeah, that's was. The small, that's the small weight. Dude, Ooh. I didn't cut weight for it. Yeah. I was little my freshman year. So yeah. and Simon wrestled like one seventy or something like that. His freshman year. So we were much different, <laughs> you know, major, major difference there but uh, he and i ended up becoming really close friends down the road and and winter he'd come around he's like do you snowboard and i was like well i ski and he's like you got to try snowboard and i was like i've always wanted to but my dad's kind of against it i got a job and my first two paychecks i saved up and bought a snowboard because my dad is like anything under the sun you want to if if it's skiing i'll pay for it you want to snowboard you're paying for that shit yourself and that's literally his words verbatim uh, and so i did i i got a job Save my paychecks up. I bought a used K2 bomber, I believe. And this was probably the year 2000, something like that, with clicker boots and bindings. But I didn't even care. Oh, I was like, I'm going to go yeah. snowboard, you know? Heck yeah. And it was, it was at the time, at least a, a, a proper setup. You know, I had real boots, real bindings, essentially for the time they were real bindings, um, and a real snowboard with edges. And he took Simon, he, he drove, I didn't have a driver's license at the time, but he took me up to the mountain, one of these local resorts in Utah that primarily is known for its night skiing. And I went out and man, you know, I caught edges, I, I tomahawked, I was, but I was quickly kind of linking turns. I mean, I tomahawked probably like 15 times that night. But I had a blast, you know, and, and I actually never touched my skis again, except for to sell them. And uh, my dad was so pissed. And uh, you know, no, I started ditching school huh? to go snowboarding. Oh, oh yeah. dude, he was a big skier. And where Love we, it. where I come from, that- you know, snowboarding still banned at two mountains. Alta and Deer Valley, you're still not allowed to snowboard there. So he, that big, he had that mindset of like every snowboarder is is a bum and and a loser and all of that. Yeah. And he was so bummed when I switched over to snowboarding. Uh, it actually took me, you know, winning winning X games in 2012 as the exhibition event for para for him to actually start to come around to the idea that I was going to chase a dream in snowboarding up until that point, he was like, you're a bum, get a real job. Like <laughs> go do anything else. I don't care. Just figure it out. Your um, X games gold run is something that, you know, I, you and I've known each other for about nine months now, I would say eight or nine months. And which is surprising because I think that we we vibe really well together. Uh, we, we've we've hosted other things before. We've hosted uh, Twitter Spaces, now X. We've hosted X Spaces before, so so we're able to connect in that way. But uh, you know, I don't think I've ever seen something like you coming down that mountain and jumping on the mic right after you won X Games gold, got it thrown on your like. I was like, oh, dude, like it, it fired me up, and I just watched it like two weeks ago. I was like, man, why haven't I watched this before? This is sick, but. Um, yeah, so that was, that was 2015 and that was actually considered the inaugural event. Uh, that was the first time that it was a true meddled and payout event before we would get uh, a cash purse, but we wouldn't get medals for it. So when it was exhibition only, so once they had made it an official part of the program, 
I was 2015 and to win that one, man, I was, I was just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what, what just happened? Like, did this really just happen? You know, for uh, sure. For sure. I was, I was at a loss for words. They were asking me questions and I really didn't, I don't actually remember the interview. Obviously I've seen it. I've seen the interview, but I'm like, what the hell was going through my head? Cause I think I was just like, literally just replaying yeah. like, is this real right now? Like, I couldn't believe it. You know, it's, it's funny fun. and like in the future i want to compare like those those adrenaline fueled conversations where it you know you're like you're hunting and and you have a, a deer in the sights or you have a an elk in the sights and you get fired up you you know your adrenaline spiking like comparing that versus your adrenaline spiking you know getting ready for a race or just competing uh completing a race so really interested in getting into that however I know that that we really want to bring this in and kind of go over a few things on on what our plans are for the podcast. And I was hoping you could tell me, man, what what are you most excited about uh, in doing this? You know, I think I think one of the things I'm most excited about is just getting to talk to those iconic people in the sport that the sports, you know, action sports that I grew up watching. Uh, you know, having, having a chance to sit down and actually just have a conversation with these people. I think that's probably what I'm most excited about. I don't really feel like I get starstruck or anything like that, sure. but there's definitely people out there that were icons at growing yeah. up for me. Just like you mentioned, like Bob Burnquist and Tony Hawk, those guys were literally like changing the game uh, when I was a kid and, and, and having the opportunity to, to sit down and maybe talk to those guys at some point, or I don't know, getting to chat with you, you know, just hanging out, chilling. Um, I love that. Like, I love having good conversations, you know, share my passions with the world and, and maybe some stories here and there and a bit of my journey as well. You know, I've had a crazy life and to share that on a public stage gives me the opportunity to kind of validate some of those things I went through gives me a chance to, you know, if, if one person takes something from my story and it helps them, then I haven't lived those, those things in vain, but, uh, really just getting the opportunity to hang out and chill and, and chat with people. That's, that's probably what I'm looking forward to the most and hearing stories from these, these folks that, you know, I would have never heard otherwise. I, I love that. The stories part is is what's got me excited man i know i've heard quite a few of your stories already i've heard some of ollie's i've heard some of mike miners noah elliott's uh we've even heard some stories from bob because we spoke to him a little bit so i think the stories really gets me fired up i, I think my dream guest on the show if we could have one i guess it'd probably be sean white and i want to say that because when I was in Tahoe and, and, and really and really getting into snowboarding, he was at the top, right? He was at the top of his game. He was, you know, everybody knew about him, the the flying tomato and, you know, just just his mindset of of growing up in the spotlight, always being in the spotlight ever since he was, you know, a, a little grom, man. How how did he manage? How did he do that? And I just got done watching his documentary recently. But but there's some areas I really feel like the documentary didn't touch um, you know, on his personal being that I would, I would definitely be interested to dive a little bit deeper on. What about you? Uh, dude. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd love to sit down and chat with Sean. I've met him a couple of times, you know, actually the first time I ever saw Sean white in person was probably, I think 2001 or something like that. Maybe 2002 at park city mountain. Uh, he happened to be there training and my buddy and I were ripping through the park and we had pulled up to this massive down row with like a gap and we we're kind of scoping it like uh you know it's pretty big you got to come in with some heat blah 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 and so we we're standing off to the side and Sean White came in and just threw the nastiest like um you know backboard slide and I swear to god he looked right up at it at me and I was like <laughs> And he was just, you know, he was, he was about my age, maybe a year or two younger than me. And yeah. I was just like, oh my God, this guy is so good and so styly. And um, so, yeah, I would love to sit down and actually chat with him. You know, I would say some of my, some of my like dream guests, primarily 
revolve around the snow industry, snowboarding specifically. I'd love to talk to JP Walker. I mean, that guy was an icon growing up and he's from the Utah area and watching a lot of his parts. I'd love to talk to Jeremy Jones, Big Mountain and Street, both of them. I'd love to chat with those guys. The Linus brothers, they, again, Utah guys that just crushed the industry, crushed the game back in the day. Um, Who else? Travis Rice. Another oh, one that I would love, yeah. I would love to sit down and just chat with him. Uh, Jamie Lynn, um, another just name that some people may have never even heard or people just totally remember. You know, I remember watching sure. him throw down some of the nastiest street parts, doing things that people thought were, people thought was like impossible. Um, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to sit down and chat with you know obviously bob bernquist terry hawkinson there's another yeah. one that's just like mind-blowing if if we ever get the chance to chat with him like another just full-on thrasher went against the grain went against the industry in a lot of ways uh and kind of at one point just said you know i'm out i don't want anything to do with what you guys have going on i've had enough of this you know and he was he quit at the top of his game as far as competition goes um who else? Yeah, Bucky Laxic. That would be a great one. Yeah. I'd love to talk to Tony Hawk as well. I mean, I have a list of people that I would just yeah. love to sit down and chat with because they, in my head, these are the thrashers of these industries that full on, you know, um, changed, changed the world as we, as we knew it and what was possible. Yeah. I mean, and, and are still changing the industry. Uh, even, even the up and comers, the, the, um, the kids that are winning the X games now, I mean, these kids are, are, are t- the girl who, um, she got bronze in X games vert. I believe was she 10 or 11 oh, or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Uh, maybe 12. Think, like, yes. It just the age of these kids and, and their ability to uh, skateboarding. Don't fight me. Sorry. It's probably one of the most technical sports of all if not the most technical sport of all time the way you have to move your body your feet to to make the board flip the way it does for these kids Bro, to be doing it's ab- it yeah it's absolutely insane so uh just having some of them on you know i interviewed oh gosh i know we got to wrap this up i'm sorry i interviewed a skateboarder that we have on shredded tv yesterday and one thing he told me was he was a soccer player and he felt that soccer players make good skateboarders because of the footwork and i was like why did I never think of that? You know, or absolutely you know, dancers or boxers maybe would be good skateboarders because of the footwork that they go through. And I was like, Oh wow, that's uh that's some insight that I, that I'd never even thought about. So uh, really excited to kind of dive into those things uh, with different athletes on this show. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I it's going to be cool. It's definitely going to be cool. And to talk to some of these up and coming, you know, shredders and, and thrashers in the industry, I, I it's going to be rad to sit down and have these, these conversations. Cause we're going to get a perspective that you or I would have never gotten, especially from someone that's coming up in the industry now and say it's skateboarding or surfing or something like that. Something that, you know, I have nothing to do with you sure. know, my, my niche is snowboarding. So um, it's going to be cool. You know, it's going to be really cool. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. So I think what the plan is right now is, is we're going to be dropping these things every two weeks, uh, starting really soon. So lots of content coming from sleep and grizz. Oh man, you brought something up earlier and I definitely want to get into it later. Grandpa grizz. I know you're one of the older ones on the team, but, uh, but Mike Miner was calling you Grandpa Grizz one day, and uh, maybe we'll get into that with him. I don't know, but uh, I'm excited to learn more, uh, excited to hear more <laughs> about your relationship with your teammates. Uh, I know we'll get to have some of them on here, and just just stoked for this show, bud. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Miner will be a fun one to have on. You know, he's he's all over the place. I love the kid. He's he's off the wall and against the grain as well. So he'll be a perfect fit. He's a thrasher, man. I've watched him get thrashed skating so many times oh, just to no. land a trick. Uh, so it'll be fun. It's going to be fun. And yeah, some of them call me grandpa at this point. You know, old enough to be some of these kids' dad. <laughs> heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Well, well, I appreciate you, man. Got to pick up the kids. You know, we we do this, but we live that normal life as well. We're we're doing the thing. We got family, so I'm off to get the kids. It's going to be a, a big night in my household tonight. We got a little uh, a little thing planned. So I hope you have a good rest of your day, Keith. And dude, let's freaking do this. Let's thrash. 
Yeah, brother. Thank you so much. I'm headed back out into the mountains to see if I can't bag an elk. Dude, gotta feed one, the family. So get one. Uh, much love, much love, and thrash on, brother. Have fun tonight. Yeah, brother. Thanks.